Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, more museums, jumping on a train, lost tents, finding cheese and mini mokes. Now, Lippy. Hello. You played Duck Boy, the part of last week's episode where you realised that vacuum cleaners suck. I did, yes. <laughs> what was his response? He was laughing for about 10 minutes, to be honest. His favourite bit was the, oh my God. <laughs> I think it was the point of realisation that was the funniest. Yeah, just... definitely. I played it a few times and had a good giggle myself. I still am in shock that I did it, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Excellent. A friend of mine is in the States at the moment and he sent me a message this morning it said drove past this yesterday and thought i'd let you know after seeing you like a museum and it's the idaho potato museum (gasps) i would actually quite like to go to that museum well i replied saying did you go in and he said no (laughs) (laughs) i don't like museums (laughs) it looks brilliant absolutely brilliant and then they talk do talk about the famous idaho potato and I'm not sure it's that famous outside of America. No, I've never heard America. of it. Uh, interestingly, their gift shop, the Spud Cellar gift shop, has almost every potato-themed gift item imaginable. However, they don't seem to sell potatoes, which I was a bit surprised at. But you can buy one in the cafe to eat. Can you buy a potato-shaped item? Uh, oh, there's plenty of that sort of typical museum tax as i would say but not you think you go to the idaho potato museum and you get to walk away yeah walk away with a bag of spuds but that's Mm. not the case but never mind never mind it does look like uh, a good place to visit if you are in the vicinity yes however i won't be making a special trip no it's a bit of a trek just to go and see the potato museum it is just a bit so sad news during the week uh, was the sudden passing of ray liotta who's uh, age 67, who passed away in his sleep. So very That's unexpected. Young. And uh, one of my favourite actors. Uh, he he always he scared me a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and some great films. Wild Hogs is one of my favourite films, and he was brilliantly scary in that. Mm. And, and yet he did lots of voiceovers, including a character in SpongeBob SquarePants. No, did he? Yeah, he did, <laughs> yes. He voiced Bubble Poppin' Boy's leader. And he was in a couple of Muppet movies and he did lots of lots of voiceovers. And what I liked about Ray Liotta was he didn't do his dirty laundry in public, unlike yes. certain other individuals that uh, we can mention over the last few weeks and, and mm. not just um, actors and actresses. So you sent me a message late last week. Mm. saying you had a mind blow to tell me. I did. And you were going to wait for my reaction. Yes, because Chris, duck boy, sorry, give him credit where it's due, told me about it. And I was sat there for a good 10 minutes trying to figure it out because okay, I feel like I, I feel like I know why, but at the same time, I don't fully understand why, you know, we will know. Okay. Okay. If you jump while you're inside of a train, you land on the same spot. But if you jump while you're on top of the train, you land in a different spot. Ooh. Yeah. It has to do with wind resistance. That is where I thought was the difference. Yeah, it has to be. Um, but still, it doesn't... I just pictured myself jumping up and 
up and down inside a train for about 10 minutes. Did you try that on the way to Reading? I should have. Way to London, rather. I really should have, actually. Next week, I'll give it a go while I'm in the tube. Everyone think I'm an absolute nutter. It would be interesting to know whether actually you did land on exactly the same spot. So the problem is the distances involved are quite small. Mm. So if you jump, you're no longer being carried by the train. But why are you being carried just because you're inside the train? The difference is wind resistance. If you stick your hand out of a car window Mm. doing 50 miles an hour, you feel the wind resistance. It blows your hand back. Yes, yeah. And that's exactly the same with the train. Unless it's moving very slowly, there's going to be a lot of wind resistance to you moving. Yes. So as soon as you jump up, it'll the push, wind you will back. push you back. But I wonder if you jump in the train, and it's very difficult to have a controlled experiment for that because obviously you know, the angle that you jump at and all sorts of things. But I suspect you would move slightly back, mm. be a very small amount. It would be an interesting experiment to do. But it does make you stop and think. It does make you really think. And you're like, oh, actually, why is that? So there's your mind blow for you. Wow. There is something else about trains and light and time, which Mm. I think is in A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking, which came out in the late 80s. And I have attempted to read it and didn't get very far. But there was something about looking at a clock in a train and it moves at a different time. It's some pretty freaky stuff, which would never actually be relevant. Is that why the trains are always late? No, that's just incompetence. (laughs) 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 Or lack of staff. Mm. Or electrical works, which was my main issue today. Yes, well, that will fall into one of those first categories, I suspect. That's a great... That's a great fun fact, though, actually. I do have another good fun fact for this week, so... Oh, you're doing a fun fact instead of a top tip? Oh, no. I have a top tip. I got confused about what I did. Now, I think you've had a wild goose chase today, if um, your message on the family WhatsApp group was anything to go by. What a dramatic afternoon I've had. (laughs) So I was in London today, and the company I work for are exhibiting in one in america and then one here america's next week and then the week after or two weeks after is the one in london or no it's up north sorry it's not in london and we have a storage locker where they keep stuff for exhibits because they barely use them we don't have that much space in the offices we rent i was also informed that lots of extra bits had been chucked into the storage unit after they moved offices so i thought perfect you're going i'll come with you i'll do a stock take of everything maybe grab some stuff depending on what's there nice day out nice trip so i messaged my manager and i said oh do you have the info for the storage unit i'm gonna go tomorrow because this was yesterday with the marketing guy and just do a stock take of what everything we've got she sends through a folder called storage literally labeled storage Click into it. <laughs> all the info's in there, all about one storage place, which is in Battersea, which is about an 18 minute taxi drive. It was about half an hour on a train, so I was like, I'm gonna get a taxi. There, and then eight and then it was 20 minutes back. Got all the access codes. Perfect. Got in the taxi. Started raining. Started hailing. Had a thunder and lightning whilst we're in the taxi, and I was like, it, be- it better stop by the time we get back. Or get there. Anyway, yeah, yeah, stopped, which was great. Got out, walked up to the door, couldn't work out how to get in. 
some lady was going in so we just snuck in behind her then we're looking up at the wall and it was rotating with all of the office like the companies and where their places oh, were yes. yeah couldn't see our name then we were like are we sure we're in the right building because it's quite a big site it was on and i'd messaged my manager and she said oh just go and ask at reception they'll they'll tell you where it is and i was like there's no reception here like we just walked into a door and then it just has the list of names and then so we were like oh okay so the guards with i stayed inside because we didn't know the key to get in so we thought i'll stay inside he'll go have a look and then come and get me or i'll let him back in so he found the right place so we go out go in go to the reception hand them the signed piece of paper that i needed to say that we were going to be taking stuff out of said unit and they look at us very blankly and say we don't know who you are we don't have a storage unit in your name oh no oh, and like well, how do you know it was here and i was like oh it was all it was on the contract on all the forms i have look it's on this signed document that i have from cfo to say that i can take stuff out of the storage unit if i need to and they were like how weird so they're searching and searching and searching and they finally decided to search in the old client list up oh, we pop yes. so we pop in the old client list I was like, okay. And he was like, yeah, so you guys moved out in October 2020. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. What do you mean we moved out in October 2020? And we had a few questions about like, oh, we definitely moved out and it didn't just stop getting paid and then blood blowing. He was like, no, because we'll have records of us chasing you and trying to get the money and then selling the stuff, etc. Which they didn't. It literally just said we'd moved out. And I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, is there anyone else that knows about the storagey part and i was like yeah one of the other finance girls knows so we'll give her a call give gave her a call oh yeah we moved to vanguard ages ago oh good grief i was like what why one is this not in the folder that says storage mm. indeed <laughs> so i messaged my manager and she was like i am so sorry all i had was is what was in that folder i had absolutely no idea you were going to the wrong one like that there were even an option of two she felt awful so we get in the taxi get back go to vanguard which was a 15 minute walk from the office not a 20 minute taxi (laughs) get in there get to the storage locker all the codes work everything was really easy that time perfect opened it up there is nothing in there that i need Oh, no. They had cleared it all out and split it between the two officers. Oh. So it was only marketing stuff. So at least I, I did help carry some of the marketing, marketing stuff back, but I didn't even need to go. That was He could have literally just told a, me. Or a goose chase. It was. It was. It was hilarious, though. We had a good laugh in the taxi, and the thunder and lightning was mad. And I got to see those new apartments that they built in Battersea, in the power station. Oh, really? Because, you know, they they turned the power station into apartments. We literally drove right past the power station. And, oh, my God, they look incredible. So then I got back to work after being out for two hours, you know, just just started searching other stuff on my computer um, and looking at some of the insides of them. And one of them was $8 Yeah, they're going to be that sort of price, aren't they? They were amazing, though. Yes. They looked really cool. Yeah, you're not going to get any low-cost housing there. No. One of them, where the bath was placed, had views all down the river. Very nice. Mm. Was that what the £8 million one? It was, yes. Oh, well, what a day. What a day. What a day. Seen lots of London today. Yes, we get a taxi ride, which is always quite nice. Yeah, I do like a taxi ride, actually. 
But it did cost me £24, which I will be claiming back. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, wife of Grumpy and I went to the New Forest at the weekend. You and, uh, did. Three-day camping trip in mm. weather considerably better than today's. Um, yes, you did all right for weather, actually. It was it was very good. It was glorious on Friday. You're looking good. quite tanned, actually. Well, that's because there was a lot of sunshine. And the, the light's quite orange at the moment because it's evening. Ah, so yes, <laughs> to, to look a little bit more um, uh, Donald Trump than you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so on the Friday, we cooked uh, at the campsite because the weather was, was good. And uh, I just happened to look to see if there was a space station pass because I love a space station pass. Yeah. Um, and if Wife of Grumpy hasn't seen one for a while, she loves a space station pass mm. as well. So anyway, would you believe there was an ultra bright, incredibly bright one, that's the phrase Ooh. they use, at twenty min- three minutes past ten in the evening. Okay, oh, so it would have been good. dark enough. Just dark enough. So we're stood away. No, nobody else is interested. We've gone with two other couples and they're not really interested in this. And they're, they're mocking me mercilessly for paying any sort of <laughs> interested in it whatsoever so anyway so we stood away from the vans and the campfire and it just just starts to come over and it is incredibly bright and this bloke wearing a motorcycle helmet comes striding up to us as if he had a real problem to pick yeah you know really quite not aggressive Aggressive. but um what's the word sort of dominance with with purpose yes he comes up and he says have you seen my tent? And I begin to think, oh, hello, practical joke. Yeah. No. He went, oh, I've lost it. I said, what do you mean lost it? He said, well, he said, um, I pitched the tent at half past eight this morning and there was nobody here and I've come back tonight and it's full and I can't find it. It's a small blue one-man tent. <laughs> I was like, well, there wasn't any tents along this bit where we got here at about half past one. Oh, well, where do you think my tent is? Well, quite frankly, I don't know, but there is another field over there. And he said, well, it was next to a hedge. Well, there's quite a few hedges around <laughs> Next here. to a hedge in the new forest. Yeah, in the new forest. And it's a big campsite. I mean, you know, it's a good 10 acres, I would say, at least. Well, it must be more than that. It must be much more than that. Um, yeah, the field we're in was more than 10 acres. And there's another field, which is about three times the size. He says, well, but how do I get into it? So he's obviously, he's, he's on a right old panic at this yeah. point. And I said, well, if you see the hedge going that way, it's at the end where you can see those, the static caravans, there's a gateway there. You can get in there. And he went, oh, okay. Oh. I forgot where my bike is. So he <laughs> not only lost his tent, he'd now forgotten where he'd left his bike. And I don't know whether it was the panic or whether he just was suffering with something where you uh, you forget things very quickly mm. uh, it was only he was a young lad um oh, so anyway so he he disappeared off or we didn't see him again and i i sort of felt a little bit guilty but i thought well you can't really walk around a massive campsite at night with a torch looking for a blue one-man tent you'll never uh, find your own camper van if you do that no well i would have done interestingly because one of our party and you can guess who this was was late arriving mm. So we'd set up, and I sent them my the what three words location. Ah, so you and would I, have found it. So I would have found it again. I would have found the my chair precisely 
There's well, that's a good hack, actually, there. isn't it, for camping? It is a good hack. It is if Check where you've put your tent using your what three words. If you're likely to forget where your tent is, which is mm. very easily done in the dark and you know, in a massive campsite. And yeah, and they all sim- look quite similar tents. They do. And we've been to Holland's Wood just outside of Brockenhurst before. Mm. Uh, gone to the pub for lunch came back it's absolutely <laughs> pitch dark and I have not been able to find the van um to the point where i was wandering around pressing the remote control to unlock the doors so the <laughs> so it would <laughs> flash what, yeah so it would flash um that was quite embarrassing um and as you can imagine wife of grumpy knew exactly where it was until it wasn't there and she's virtually on the main road by this point so yes yeah, so it, it, it is easily done. Mm, it is. Easily it done, is. But there is technology around to help you stop that. Yeah. And the horse whisperer had a, an unusual night out on Thursday night. She did. Call. I rang her to ask her a question. She was like, I can't talk. I was like, oh, are you at the horses? No, I'm at the pub. I was like, excuse yes. me? <laughs> so apparently she'd gone to the pub and she'd had a couple of soft drinks. Um, was just going to the loo and was about to go. And her friend for the stables phoned her, but the well, horse whisperer had left her phone at the table, not taking it to the loo with her. Mm. So her colleagues answered the phone, explained the situation, and said, uh, and the horse whisperer's friend said, Oh, don't worry, I'll sort the horses out. So oh. she didn't have to go and do that. So she got back to the table and, Oh, well, we'll have a couple of drinks then. So one thing led to another, mm. and there was a number of people there quite inebriated, let's put it that yes. way. So one of them who hadn't been drinking offered to drive the horse whisperer, the horse whisperer's boss, and uh, the horse whisperer's boss's fiance, who also works at the same firm, um, to their house, and the horse whisperer would stay overnight. So they did that, got there. Uh, nobody set an alarm. So the horse bristle wakes up at about, I think, quarter to eight. Um, okay, that's some not too distance. bad. So, no, yeah, quarter to eight. Bear in mind, they're supposed to start at half past eight. Gets up, goes to the loo, bangs on the door and shouts, uh, it's quarter to eight and none of us have got a car. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> so they'd all the driven. To, they're all at work. They walk to the pub, which is just down the road, and got a lift back home. Not giving a second thought about how on earth they were going to get to work the next day. Oh, gosh. There is the advantage of staying at the boss's house, though. Oh, yeah, because he's with you, so there's no yeah, drama. Absolutely. Oh, she hadn't told me about that. That's oh, hilarious. So funny. So, so funny. What a wally. Yes. Well, she doesn't go out much, so it was... No, nice, uh, nice event. Yeah, nice event. The bit that I was informed of was that someone may have gone home sick as well early in the day. Oh, really? That had been out on said night. <laughs> oh, what, the following day? Yes, from work. Yes. Well, we'd gone by then, so uh, it was a bit glossed over that. Oh, no, sorry, not the horse whisperer, one of her colleagues. Oh, okay, yes, that wouldn't surprise me. So last week we talked about the Museum of Failure. Oh, yeah. And one of the items in there was the Nokia N-Gage phone, which looked a bit like a gaming console. Yeah. Interestingly, coincidentally, I came across an article on the 10 of the most incomprehensibly strange mobile phone designs ever. Mm. And not only is a Nokia N-Gage there, but they've actually, Nokia have got five models in the top 10 of weird phones, basically. 
Love it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And they really are quite weird. I mean, there's some absolute corkers here. And one of them is a one from Japan. And it's a box. Well, it's a phone made into the shape of a box of 20 Marlboros. What? You can actually, yeah, you can, you can actually have uh, seven cigarettes in the mobile phone case, which has a flip top a bit like an old fashioned uh, cigarette box. Interesting. And then the displays on the front. Very, very weird. Oh, no, it's Chinese, not um, Japanese. And it was only made in, or only available in China, China unless you imported it. But quite why you'd want to, I don't know. I have no idea why you would want that. No, I don't. The only thing I can imagine is if you left it on the pub table, for example, the other way out, people would think it was a packet of cigarettes and not a phone. Probably more likely to pinch them. Well, possibly, yeah. So I'm not sure that works, but that's the only thing I can come up with. Mm. There's also a a Nokia that looks a little bit like a spy camera from James Bond. (laughs) But they thought it looked like a lipstick instead. Oh, that's not as fun. Now, this is something I didn't think I'd ever see. Italian cheesemakers have been fitting trackers to Parmesan cheese wheels. How weird. Very, very weird. And in the EU, the names, and I'm going to get this wrong, <laughs> Parmigiano, I know, I'm not even going to say it. So the f- fancy name for Parmesan cheese and Parmesan are strictly controlled. A little bit like uh, Parmigiano. Very good. And a second word? Oh, I don't know that one. Reggiano. Reggiano. Yeah. Parmi, Parmi, oh, it's hard to say them together. It is, isn't it? I'll yeah. stop butchering be that. Beautiful words if pronounced by an Italian, I should imagine. Yes. But, uh, not by us. Anyway, the problem is, there's lots of people selling fake Parmesan cheese. Yes. And whilst the Italians of the EU care about it, quite understandably, the rest of the world doesn't. So mm. the cheesemakers are fighting back by embedding tracking devices into the rind of the cheese. And I guess it's a little, when they say tracking, it's a little bit like the chips you put in cats and dogs. Yeah. So they're, they're inert in that you don't have a battery, um, but you'd have a magic wand that goes over the cat or dog. And gets scanned, yeah. Lives, yeah. And I guess it's the same with the cheese, that um, uh, they could scan it with a scanny thing, and it tells you whether it's uh, a fake cheese or not. And they've embedded um, some blockchain technology into it which makes it harder to fake and um, they're tagging 120,000 cheese wheels initially interesting and then if it works they'll uh, produce more but it's uh, it's an interesting development and, mm. and i guess the more counterfeiting that goes on yeah uh, the more this sort of technology will i mean there's always some people that will be quite happily have a counterfeit item but there's some people that buy them thinking they're genuine um, mm, yeah definitely and they'll be able to stop that so that was that was a very unusual use of technology i thought yeah that is now talking about pets a uh, man who spent bizarrely 80 pounds at the vet which seems quite cheap for a vet that visit, does seem to yeah be honest thought uh, his nine-month-old kitten uh, was ill um was uh, because the cat was sick of having him around what <laughs> well you know what cats are like yeah. They have staff and they do mm. what they want to do. And the cat took umbrage at uh, their owner or staff being at home during the day. 
when he was working oh, at home. Oh, so acted out. Yeah, I would imagine with you know, the last couple of years with lots of people working from home, and you know, some continue to do so, that pets that have had a sort of a quiet day have suddenly had that completely disrupted by people being, you know, everybody being at home. I mean, you think the first lockdown, everybody was at home all mm. of the time. Um, and I know our cat was a bit miffed at times with, with that. Yeah, when she couldn't just do her thing. Well, that and, you know, when she came and demanded food by meowing loudly, didn't always get it, which <laughs> you can't really do that while you're in a meeting. But, uh, yeah. Excuse me, I just need to go and feed my cat. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. So if your cat's a bit miffed, it might be because you're working at home. Yeah. One of the first signs is peeing in weird places. Yes, but that's also a sign of urine tract infection. Oh, yeah, so don't just ignore that. So Yeah, so don't ignore it. So he did the right thing by taking the cat to the vet because mm. that's that's quite nasty and just gets worse. So uh, Yes. Yes, the, the advice is not not to take your cat to the vet, but just be aware it might be bad news. Yeah. The cat doesn't like you. <laughs> now, I didn't watch the Monaco Grand Prix because we... We were still in the New Forest. Uh, I, I gather there was a bit of controversy over mm. delaying it because of a bit of rain. Um, I mean, it was a lot of rain, but they still it? had time to start the race before the rain had come, and then they could have red flagged it. Yeah, I don't know which is better, really. That's, that's a tricky call to make. Yeah, it was a safety thing, so it makes sense, and it just was very delayed. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, just... Maybe it's, I, I don't know, not having seen it, I can't really pass comment, but um, I, I think you can be overcautious. That, that's not the point of, of this This article With um, was in the Daily Mail, so it's suffering from what I've termed Mixama statistics. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I like it. So, Formula One teams warned that FIA budget caps will result in hundreds of job losses as current spending limit of 110 million is not enough to counteract rising inflation and some could lose up to 85% of their staff. It then goes on to say Formula One teams have asked, so it'll only be some of them, uh, for the FIA to increase their budget caps. Uh, Mercedes, one of seven teams based in the UK, currently employ 110,000 staff. I'm guessing that's not the one that's going to lose 85%. Because no. that, yeah, that's not going to function if you lose 85% of your staff. And some of the other teams, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, Williams and Haas, have all previously opposed a budget rise. And I understand where they're coming from with this, because obviously it's going to reduce the performance of your team if you can't buy the best stuff. But I think this is what is wrong with Formula One is that the gap between the first, the top teams and the bottom teams is too big. Mm, yeah. And we, we were discussing this over the weekend, strangely, and the one-make championships where the cars are closer in performance are much better as a spectator race. Yes, definitely. More racing, less tactics. Well, there's more driver talent show shines out a lot yeah. more. And I mean, we've seen some stuff at Brands before, and it's been brilliant, brilliantly mm. good fun um, to watch. And I think there was one, a young youngster's Janetta race. So that would be 16-year-olds, I guess. And the lead must have changed four or five times on the last lap. It was just mm. just stunningly good racing. Um, you know, and the same with touring cars. Although they have the weight penalty, which we've discussed before. But, um, I think 
if a Formula One to stop being a technology race, yeah, you've got to, you've got to lower the uh, the amount of money that's being spent. Now, talking to cars, don't yawn. <laughs> don't yawn last year last year we spoke about the mini moke which is a car i've always quite liked yes we did and uh but is now very expensive Ah. um the original ones there's lots of kit car versions but mini moke as a company has resurrected itself and it's set up production line in the uk which we covered last year and the first electric Mini Mokes are rolling off the production line imminently. So you could get yourself one. I could. There's one snag. They're electric. No. £35,000. Ooh! Yeah. That's a lot. Quite a lot of money. Um, it, it would be brilliant. And it would be brilliant on the 10 days a year that you can use a car without a roof. Mm. Um, it but- would be... A glorious thing to tow behind the camper van and have available. Yeah, it would. Not when it's raining. No. I'm not quite sure how we charge it, but um, that aside, it would be a, a lot of it's fun. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You could buy a lot of kit cars for that. You could pay for my wedding. <laughs> oh, no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no. Talking of which, I, um, I saw some pictures of men's jackets and shoes yes. over the weekend. It, oh shoes you saw shoes as well I oh my shoes girly yes. shoes yes girly shoes not duck boy shoes no we've um done another little job we are currently hang on i can tell you 10 months and 21 days away from the wedding very good and at the weekend we went suit shopping for duck boy and went completely in the opposite direction to what he had been thinking he had seen quite a few suits that he liked. We did have a kerfuffle to start with. Oh dear. We went oh dear, to a oh we went to an appointment at a shop that an appointment had not been booked at. But it all worked out well. Oh, was it wrong shop or wrong shop? We th- that's where he thought he was booking the appointment, but he wasn't. He was booking it for a custom tailor, which actually worked out in our favour. Okay. So we went to this shop which had some super jazzy shirts. Oh yes, I saw those. Yeah, really, they are really cool. They, a lot of them were in the sale as well, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we went there and we saw the the suit that he had seen online that he really liked. And we were like, okay, we'll book an appointment and come back. It had explained what, what we had done because we had realised when we got there and there was another appointment there. So then went off to the tailor, thought we'd go anyway, um, even though he does make, the suits it's not you can't just buy a pre-made suit he makes custom made suits duck boy had seen a lot of suits that he liked but he was like yeah that's a nice suit like that was kind of his response rather than being like super excited and then in the corner of his eye tell it like a proper story Uh he spotted a navy blue velvet with black trim tuxedo superb and said would you be okay if I had a tux? And I was like, of course you'd have a tux. And then, so the guy was like, oh, let me show you the other colours you can have it in. You can have it in a dark green, which is exactly what he had wanted. He had wanted a green suit, but was a bit worried about looking like the Joker or, um, not the Joker, the Riddler or like a leprechaun was the other thing. Riddler had a whole load of question marks on <laughs> yeah, his true, jacket. True. It was slightly different. 
Um, so it's a very subtle green, very dark, and you can probably only tell from a distance. So he's gone for a dark green with black trim. And he'll have black trousers and the wedding party will have green bow ties. Just green bow ties? With a tux <laughs> underneath okay. the full suit. Full suit in black, but with a green tux. Okay. A green tie, bow tie. <laughs> so the non-groomed jackets, are they black velvet or are they... They are just, just black. Black. Okay. Yes, because otherwise we would have had to have them made. In ah, okay. Whereas yes, we can hire the... Yeah tux outfit and then we can buy green velvet bow ties yes that'll be nice that'll be yes. very nice yeah so everyone should look very smart so he's super excited about it which is really nice because he was kind of just like oh yeah i like Good. it i like it and now he's actually excited fairly typical men's shopping clothes shopping anyway mm. yeah so then we decided that i was gonna have green shoes mm. so i've got a lovely pair of silk gray green shoes with a little bow on the back very nice. And they were 20 quid rather than 60 quid of the Blimey. shoes I was looking at. That's very good. Are they going to be comfortable enough to uh, wear all day? Well, I'm going to buy them and I'm not planning on wearing them all day. Okay. So I'm going to get them and then I'm going to wear them around the house a bit, check them out, make sure they're comfy. And then I've got some sparkly um, trainers, which okay. I already owned from when I was a bridesmaid and I was very tall and the bride was very short. Yes. And I'm going to have yeah. those to change into for the evening. Perfect. Good solution. So, it's top tip time. <gasps> top tip. This is a top tip for myself, but I thought I would share it because okay. I do this. And I saw someone post it the other day and I was like, that is actually a really good tip for if you have this problem. Oh. So I, one of my problems, <laughs> I won't go through the whole list, <laughs> is that I eat very fast. Yes. I, I eat with a lot of speed behind me. You do. And the top tip is that when you're chewing your food, you're not allowed to either be going for another bite yep. or be holding the food in your hand. So depending on what you're eating, if it's like a yes. wrap, you need to put the food down. And if you've got a knife and fork, not be making up the next fork yep. while you're chewing. So while you're yep. chewing, that's all you're doing. You're chewing. And then once you've swallowed, you then make the next fork up yeah. or take pick the food up to then take the bite. And that naturally will really slow you down. So even if you're still chewing as fast, you're not eating as quickly. That is a very, very good tip. And I think what you'll mm -hmm. find is that by putting your knife and fork down, you're focusing more on the chewing and you will chew more. Yes. And it's, it's one of the tips. I think it's um, Paul McKenna does for weight loss because he has a sort of alternative diet. And mm. that is part of it, is that when you're eating, that's all you're doing. You're eating, you're not watching the telly, you're not listening, which is very hard to do. Um, but you, and you put your knife and fork down and you concentrate on chewing. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like mindfulness and concentrating on your breathing, same, mm. similar sort of thing. So that is a very, very good top tip. Yeah, I liked it. Yes, that's unusually good for a Yes, I know. <laughs> Actually helpful. <laughs> Yeah, normal service will be resumed next week. So my fun fact is about Los Angeles. Mm. And it is the first major city in the world to synchronise all of its traffic lights. So there's nearly 4,400 lights across 469 miles, and they receive real-time updates about traffic flow to make second-by-second -second adjustments. 
So syncing all of Los Angeles traffic signals reduces nearly one metric ton of pollution annually. Wow. And saves one day of waiting in traffic per driver per year. Impressive. Very impressive. Also, it has to be said, destined to go wrong spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it's like one millisecond off, could make a whole it, traffic yeah. jam. Well, if you think uh, the premise of the original Italian job was to break into the Turin computer and put a dodgy tape on there that mm. then caused chaos, what could happen if somebody hacked into... Um, which, according to Hollywood, is very easy. You just type in a random word and you'll get in. Yeah. <laughs> if I any system, just type in a random word, you'll get in. But, uh, I, that's very interesting. And it it's often... I've wondered here whether we really have any sort of tidal flow. I know they have mm. it for the, um, Or any intelligence the with the traffic yeah. lights. Yeah. And there must be some, but I, I, I've yet to, to see it. Mm. Well done, Los Angeles. Well done. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.